recording. About damn time. <laughs> I think we should call this season three. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we take a long hiatus from publishing something. Yeah, and then we'll just bang out a whole season in a couple weeks and call it a new season. I like it. Um, okay, so today we are recording about all the things that suck with van life. Correct. and we're gonna validate everything that our friends think about this lifestyle yeah i don't think we we have maybe one or two like in terms of friends and family we have one or two people who i think genuinely get what we're doing and why we're doing it and are all about it and then everyone else we show it to they're like oh that's awesome for you yeah (laughs) and that's the way it's said every single time i love this for you. Yeah, I love what so you guys great. are doing. I would never do that. You got to be <laughs> out of your mind. But that's a lot, like a lot of people say they would they love New York to visit. They wouldn't live there. I feel like we're always on that side of we're doing something extreme. Yeah, and we recently took a bit of a hiatus from the van. Um we just got back from a week-long vacation. Uh the borders opened up, so we were able to get down to St. Martin for a week, so we're recharged and refreshed and then for about the month before that we weren't uh really in the van we were house sitting and uh stable in one place and just not using the van so it sat for a really long time and now we're officially back on the road uh trying to complete our loop around the country um for anyone keeping score at home just a quick update and then we'll get into you know the the topic at hand i suppose um left uh so it's we left what what month are we in we are in july July, and we left california for the second time uh back in january looped our way and we're basically trying to make a loop around north america Uh, left la and took the southern route this time went all the way to florida spent a good month and a half two months in florida through the winter and then started working our way back up north got to New York and have been posting up for quite some time before going on our vacation and now we get back and we get the van and we get it was I think a thousand and two degrees in New York City Mm -hmm. and um, one of the upshots or the upsides to van life is if it's too hot you move on and we can go find cooler weather so we booked it up to the Adirondacks and we're sitting in Lake George at the moment at our picnic table at our state park campsite yeah in front of our van and it's uh it's almost pitch black out here (laughs) (laughs) and we're recording outside while we're waiting for the dinner that i cooked um to finish over the open fire and i think we're up to hour three it is 10 (laughs) 30 at night for anybody who's wondering and you opened a bag of fritos about three hours ago when you started cooking and i was really strong didn't touch him for for the first hour and a half well, i was gonna say you haven't touched and haven't touched one frito yeah since. well now that i've been waiting for so long every time i go back into the van to run an errand i'm just eating fritos i was gonna say it's very well disciplined of me leaving the fritos bag <laughs> inside the van i know so i only eat them when i go inside it's also really ironic that we're talking about challenges with van life and we're recording this outside so there's going to be several times in the next however long we record for that I jump up screaming because bugs keep landing on the table near me and scaring the shit out of me. So that's probably a good segue, right? So if you were to search for the hashtag van life 
on Instagram, all you see is shots of, you know, people's feet at the edge of their bed, at the back of their van, overlooking some ridiculous view. And I know we have at least one or two of those on our, our Instagram page, which we haven't been doing a great job of, of updating of late, but we just haven't been doing much. Um, the thing is, is that there's at least a short list of things that you don't see behind those photos. And so we're going to run through, you know, just you wrote a few down. I wrote a few down. We'll just see where they, where they take us. I'm sure 90% of them are going to overlap. Yeah. Um, but uh, you touched on, I figured, I mean, because it's already on my list, you know, the, the insects, the bugs. Yeah. You want to. I do. You know. And real quickly, I just want to say um, we're doing this because it's sort of the first thing people ask is like, how do you go to the bathroom? What are the hardest parts? How do you find storage space? Like there's some pretty obvious challenges. When are you going to settle down? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, that's always a question. So I think it's worth saying we're having this conversation because obviously this lifestyle comes with challenges, but we have no intentions of settling down anytime soon. We can't even imagine leaving this lifestyle. So obviously we're doing it for a reason. It's by choice. We're so incredibly happy. Um, but I think it's funny to talk about the challenges because they give us a lot of stories and <laughs> we work through them together. It's great adversity. It brings us closer together. Sometimes it creates a bit of a tiff, but then we work through it. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who has no scars has no stories. So I yeah. think we have our fair share of stories. I don't know if you have a specific insect story, but I didn't write down insects on my list. So I wrote down there's some obvious ones, and I'm not going to highlight the obvious ones. So, like, to start, you're always camping. So all the challenges that come with camping, whether you're in a tent or you're in a van or you're in a trailer. Are you going in a particular order, or you just, you're just dodging the insect question? I'm dodging the insect question okay. because it's it seems silly. It seems <laughs> silly to talk about. Like, if you've been camping, you know that insects are outside. So it's like I'm not going to talk about the super obvious ones. Um, I'm like – storage for example obviously we live in a small space it's hard to find storage space everybody knows that's something that comes with van life we don't have a big house we don't have a lot of stuff it's minimalist are, lifestyle. so none of these are on your list you're talking about the things that are not on your list i'm just saying there are obvious ones i don't want to dive into because everybody knows them what if every single one of mine is obvious <laughs> okay you don't have do you, insects? Have an do you have an insect story well, I put down critters, okay, right, which is meant to be all-encompassing, right? Not just like, you know, four-legged beasts or or eight-legged beasts or winged spawns of Satan, right? We had the mouse in our house, which I don't know if we've ever talked about that one. I don't think we have on the air. Um, that was an interesting, to say the least, uh, saga, if <laughs> you will. Um, there's Insects that don't have legs or wings that are more mealwormy in in, in nature. Yeah. Um, we had a, a situation where our fridge was turned off for a while, and we just were we were the laziest we could have possibly been, and said we'll deal with this later. I don't even know if I want to say this out loud. Well, do you even <laughs> know? So so this is this is very recent. We opened up the freezer. Was it today? Yeah. And we've been on the road for a couple of days now. This is like, we left, what, Sunday? Mm -hmm. Today's Monday. So mm -hmm. all of, less than 36 hours. And we finally open up the freezer, and the entire van, like,
like I'm sitting up front working and you you open up the freezer and I hear you make some interesting noise <laughs> out of the back of the van. I'm sitting up front working on my laptop and I'm like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, when you watch a Bugs Bunny cartoon and like the you could see that when uh, one of the cartoons or like Bugs Bunny smells something cooking like a carrot soup and there's that green mm-hmm. wave of scent that hits his nostrils at some point and then he just starts levitating through the air and floating towards wherever that yummy smell is coming from. This was the opposite. It hit me like a ton of bricks when it finally hit the front of the van. I'm like, oh, so gross. Even just the sound effects are too good. (laughs) You're like, and you open up the side door and you jump out. You're like, I can't, I can't. Oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't. We're selling the van. I ran out. It's so bad. I'm like, what the hell is that? You're like, I think we left something in the freezer. We left we left some leftovers in the freezer. Do you and even the, know what it was? I, I don't even. It doesn't matter. It was some meat in a plastic bag. And what I don't understand is somehow these tiny little flies had made their way into the sealed freezer that's been locked shut. For a month and a half because we just haven't used it. Inside a Ziploc bag. Exactly. Which means that the whatever is needed to create these little bugs is in the meat already. It's yeah. not like the bugs came in from outside the van, found a way to get into the van, and then you know, chiseled their way into the freezer and then magically got into the Ziploc bag without creating any holes. They Whatever created those insects is already in the meat when you buy it Ooh, from the God, store. Oh, God, yeah. You hadn't we thought that all the we way through, have you? We shouldn't dive into this one too deep. So, yeah, no, that one. So uh, maybe, <laughs> I don't know if you have smells on your list, but <laughs> but insects. Insects, yeah. critters, yeah. There's, there's the mouse in the house. I think that's a story worth telling. Yeah, it is. And I was teeing that up for you. For you, me? Yeah, you, you love that story. Oh, my gosh. Everybody loves that story. The second you say it, they're like, tell me more. I need to know everything that happened. We were in Colorado. It was freezing cold. It was actually our first snow. And we were camping right outside of Rocky Mountain in Estes Park. And we were parked right up against these branches. And it happened to be the windiest night to date that we had had in the van. It was like long reed gla- or grass. It was like almost like cattails. They yeah. Were like these gigantic, like seven, eight foot tall, like mini bamboo sticks. That were super thin. Yeah, and they were just scraping against the back of the van all night. Horror movie. It really felt like a horror movie. And we were in Estes Park where The Shining was filmed, so it was just (laughs) perfect. It was so apropos. Um, Anyway, you fall asleep finally. I don't know how you did it because I I was listening to those sounds all night. And then all of a sudden I started hearing a different type of sound. And it was very obvious up front that it was something alive because there was intention in the movement of whatever it was and it sounded like it was on the roof I could tell it was on the car but I thought it was outside of the car and I'm super freaked out but you've just fallen asleep and you don't sleep well as it is so I don't want to wake you up and freak you out and I try to like look out the windows I'm trying to explore on my own and finally I just kind of give up and lay there listen to it for a while and then I think I fall back asleep the next night, I Didn't hear. Did you think it was like a bird, like yeah, I jumping it was, on I the roof? I thought it was some van. animal scraping the roof, whether a bird, squirrel, something 
medium size. Um, so we fall, I fall asleep eventually. I think it just stops. And the next night, you know, I've of course told you about it in the morning. You're like, all right, you're probably crazy. <laughs> well, I just thought it was all the stuff that was like, all we had to do was move the van like 12 inches forward and all that tall grass that was scraping against the back window and because it was super windy mm-hmm. that night and so it it was scraping all that like tall those tall reeds against the back window also created these like weird shadows in the van it was it was something out of like yeah. if you're like a five-year-old kid you'd be running out of your room um, yeah it was terrifying so the next night i'm laying in bed i fall asleep and I wake up to the exact same noise again. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Like, how is the same animal scraping our roof again? And you wake up this time. And I'm like, that's what I've been telling you about. That's the sound you hear it. You're like, yeah. And we start exploring. And I, th- I don't know if it was you or me, but I think one of us is like, I think it's in the walls. Like, there's nothing on the roof. And we came to the conclusion that it was like, like in the ceiling or something. Yeah, I we we didn't come to any conclusion. We didn't. We really didn't know what it was. But we were up. We were shining the lights. We were looking inside. We were looking outside. We couldn't see anything. And when we went to search for it, the sound would stop. Yeah. Which is what tripped us up. Yep. And I don't think it was that night, but eventually we started looking through all the cabinets. Right. Yeah. It was a week later. We were packing because we were staying in a hotel only because it was freezing outside, which jumping ahead a bit (laughs) weather (laughs) is a challenge but we got a hotel room we were packing and you looked in the food cabinet and you noticed that the bag we had a plastic bag with all of our dry goods in it like Like oatmeal oatmeal coffee that type of stuff you noticed that there were holes nibbled out of the bottom corner tiniest little hole in the corner of the ziploc bag and right at the corner of that Ziploc bag was like one of those single packets of instant coffee. And then there was a tiny, tiny hole in that. And there was just enough instant coffee like dripping out of it. Yeah. And I'm like, mother, th- there's a mouse in our house. <laughs> you knew right away. You're I like, it's right got to be a mouse. Yeah. Well, because I, when I lived in Hoboken, we had mice. When I lived in Jersey City, we had mice. Yeah. Like there's when I lived in, you know, parts of Queens, we had mice, right? They're just like, they're around and you can't, you got to find the hole where they're getting into the house. That's always how we were able to get rid of them. You Mm -hmm. find out where they're coming in from and you stuff that hole, right? And they can't get back in. But this is now the craziest part is that there's wood paneling on our ceiling and between the wood paneling and like the metal in the car, you know there's tons of little spaces up there and crevices. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm immediately thinking, I'm like, we got a mouse in the house, and it stays up there, right? My biggest fear was if it dies in the wall. Mm-hmm. Talk about horrible smells and insects and weird cr- – oh, we'd have to, like, rip the van apart to get its carcass out from in the walls. We really would. It's not like we could get rid. Like, we couldn't sell it smelling like that. We'd have to figure. We'd have to couldn't, figure it out and solve it. it. That's what you're worried. Yeah, I was like, we couldn't, couldn't get rid of it. it. You can't sleep in it if it smells like that. <laughs> I almost set the thing on fire earlier today when we opened up the freezer. <laughs> Your other biggest fear was that it was going to chew through all of our electrical wires. That was yeah, because that again, it just comes back to we're going to have to rip the entire thing apart, right? Just to you know track down all the damage that it does. 
just to fix the stuff. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? Just drive it off. Just burn it to the ground. Yeah, drive it off a bridge. <laughs> Collect the insurance. So we we're. It, what was crazy is that it was only getting into the section of our cabinets with the dry goods because we have other sections that have crackers and food good that, stuff. Yeah, like Granola I, bars, I don't know how the things living. Butter. I don't know how the things living off of coffee grounds, but somehow that's all it was getting. And it there was a section, like a bigger gap leading into the dry goods cabinet as compared to the other ones. So I think it just didn't have access. And we just were like, holy shit, what do we do about this? I guess we'll deal with it later. <laughs> Hope it leaves. <laughs> like we deal with everything like that everything way. everything else. Just ignore it long <laughs> enough. We'll deal with it when we have to. Like when I used to own, I used to own a, really old mustang like a 66 mustang and i thought i was badass right cruising down the street driving a 35 year old car at the time and what no one tells you is that those things are a money pit right something goes wrong every week with those old cars and i was using it as like a daily driver and my solution was to turn the radio up louder every time i heard a new ding or a ping or a, a whistle or a squeak i'm like just turn the radio up louder can't hear it <laughs> perfect and then my muffler <laughs> fell off one day they don't make speakers loud enough to <laughs> anyway so we did nothing we did nothing at like we do best and we didn't hear the sound again we were like you know what let's just hope for the best we heard it twice in a row week went by didn't we saw the anything. evidence it must have just been there for a couple nights and that's it and so we leave Estes Park. We do Rocky Mountain National. We cut across the entire state, right? Like, I think we do a couple of loops. We end up coming back to Boulder. It's a, it's a full month since we've heard the sound. And we're laying in bed one night, and lo and behold, we hear the exact same noise again. And we look at each other, and we're like, no, no way. way. Is that, seriously, This has that mouse been with us for a month Mind you, in below freezing temperatures. We had some nights, yeah, where we had where it was so cold, we couldn't sleep in the van. Like we actually went and got a hotel room because it was like right around that zero mark. Right. How did it stay alive through that? And and immediately, uh, well, we think it was the same mouse, right? And immediately, my mind goes to that movie Parasite, where you've got people oh my living down in the basement, and they only come up when no one's home just to rummage through the fridge uh-huh. and eat stuff. I'm like, we got a parasite. Like you think it's coming out when yeah, we're I out of the I think he's van. like the smartest, stealthiest, right, most patient mouse that's ever lived on the planet. Anytime he hears anything rummaging around inside the van, he like freezes up and like and like hugs the wall. And then he waits till we leave and then he starts scurrying around the house. And I think most nights I snore loud enough to keep the thing scared, <laughs> right? And I guess we were sound asleep one night, and all of a sudden he thought it was safe to come out and go after the instant coffee again. And sure enough, we hear him like it, it sounded like teeth gnawing against yeah. like yeah, like the wood or something, like scraping against the wood. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was wild. So of course I'm freaking out, and I'm like. You should go deal with this, but don't open the cabinet because what if it runs <laughs> if it out runs and what if it's like it's loose in the van <laughs> and then we're trapped with this tiny little mouse? <laughs> so I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> now you got up and then, of course, you open the cabinet and he's not there. 
So he's either making noise behind the walls where he's not in the cabinet. But or he scurried or he very scurried. quickly exactly. back into his little hole. So uh, I feel like at one point we heard him, like, I feel like I heard him go along one side of the van, go to the front, like all through the ceiling, and then come back on the other side. We have no idea what this thing is doing in our house, but he he either he was there for a really long time, or we have an access point for mice, and they all know how to get in. <laughs> like how did like? It's just it's life's greatest mystery. So yeah. so while we're in Escalante, we we run into a hardware store, and of course now I'm I'm like terrified of the mouse, but I'm also semi attached to it, and. I'm like, I want to kill it, but I don't want to kill it. And then I'm like, obviously, I want to get rid of it. So we buy two different types of mouse traps. One is a humane <laughs> mouse trap. You wouldn't let me get <laughs> well, we did. I think we bought them as backups. We bought like the tiny little ones in case the first one didn't work. But we bought this box. Yeah, the ones you see in the Tom and Jerry cartoons. Right. Where you put a little piece of cheese in the middle and then you pull that off and snap and it like has that little metal thing that snaps the little guy's head off. That was plan B. Plan A was... Well, we discussed it in the hardware store, I feel like. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, look, I found him. And you see him and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> this is not I good. just, I felt really bad for it. And at that point, maybe he'd been living with us for a month, you know? He wasn't bothering us He wasn't paying rent either. <laughs> <laughs> Stowaways. So we got one where it's a box. You said it, basically you put the food inside a box and there's a trap door. So once the mouse crawls inside, he can't get out. Um, we bought it. I'm all excited to use it. We set up this trap and he never took the bait. We left no. it there for days. We put peanut butter on bread. We figured bread would be an upgrade from the instant, instant coffee. coffee. And every day we checked the thing. When the bread went stale, we put new bread in. And then I poured instant coffee on top of the <laughs> peanut butter that was on top of the bread. You really thought he liked instant coffee. Yeah, I put a little trail into the trap for him of instant coffee. I mean, I know it's part of his diet. So for context, it's July. This all happened between October and November. We have not heard from or seen the mouse since. We still have no clue what happened not to him. Not heard from. What's he going to do, send us a postcard? Well, he hasn't <laughs> been scratching the floors. No, so that was the mouse in our house. Yeah. Which I wouldn't say is like the biggest inconvenience of van life. I think that's more anecdotal than anything else. But no, but critters. Yeah. Right. Like is is what's on my list. Critters. Like yeah. Mosquitoes. I I would love for somebody who's like into insects to send me a message one day and tell me what purpose these fucking things serve <laughs> because they drive me batshit crazy. I mean, same. There's a mosquito inside the van right now. Every time I walk in the van, he moves, and I try to catch him, and then he disappears again. I've been playing this game with him for the last three hours while I've been Son waiting for dinner. Bastard. <laughs> and all you need is one to get into the van, and it'll go to town on you. Exactly. Like, they always go for my ankles. Yeah. Which I don't understand. They're brutal. All right. Um, I'm going to go into my biggest one. Um, it's It's a compilation, but it's basically when one thing after another goes wrong. So I'll get into some of the specifics of issues that we've had to deal <laughs> the with. Snowball, what do you call this? The, 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 the snowball, snowball effect. effect. <laughs> that is hands down the worst part about living in a van because when something breaks, often it's something we need because everything in the van serves a purpose. And when that thing breaks, you need to fix it immediately. So your day is derailed. You're trying to find a repairman or 
um, diagnose the situation. And obviously, we don't know Jack about Jack. So we're spinning <laughs> our wheels, trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with the van. And we're getting nowhere. We're just getting so frustrated. So what did you write down? All like, right. Uh, well, I'm just curious because I, I have obviously yeah. the same thing. But we, I, I'm curious how you labeled it. Yeah. Well, we both know the biggest challenge has been our electric situation. So is that what you wrote down? Electric? Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. just wrote down mechanical shit. Mechanical <laughs> shit works too. <laughs> Anything mechanical. Um, electric, we've had a lot, a lot of issues with. and Since like April, right? Or March? I mean, yeah. I Like since well before then. But like the first time our battery died, when we say electric, we have three solar panels on our roof that power the entire car basically. So our outlets, they power our water pump, they power our fridge, our freezer, our heater, our Bluetooth speakers, which are not a need to have, but a nice to have. (laughs) I hate when we don't have them. Um, Our heater, which you need in the winter. Um, So the first time our power died was in November in Zion. I mean, the first time it really, really died, we couldn't bring it back. And there's also backups for the, the solar. We have um, a, it's called a DC to DC charger, but basically when the alternator is running in the car, it's supposed to be backup charging our batteries. So if there's not enough sun and the solar doesn't work, then we're supposed to be able to drive the car for about an hour and bring it back. So the first time it really died was in Zion and it was a cloudy day. Um, it was cold out, you know, it was shorter days cause it was winter and we kind of chalked it up to, it was just, there wasn't enough sun. We ended up driving the car for an hour to get to a power, um, like a repair shop. 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 Yeah. And by the time, ironically, three minutes before we pulled into the repair shop, the power came back on because it had been driven for an hour. That's how we figured out if you drive it for an hour, you can bring the battery back to life. Exactly. Everything lit up three minutes right before we got there. And they're like, what's the problem? We're like, well, we swear. Yeah. (laughs) this isn't the shit isn't working the way it's supposed to so that was all fine and that happened a couple more times in the winter but eventually the power would just come back so uh, we could live with it right like if it was gone for a day and then it magically came back the next day we're like all right we could we could live this way but when we were in florida around march this started becoming an actual challenge where we would lose power we'd be like all right you know it's there's much longer days right now. It's super sunny in Florida in March. There's no reason the power should be dying the way it is, and it wouldn't come back after a day. The first couple of times, the the time frame between when it would die and come back just got longer and longer. So it'd be two days, then it'd be three days. There was one time it was four full days, and the whole time we're sitting in the sun, we're plugging in to shore power, we're trying everything we can, we turn everything off, and it's just not coming back. And that started becoming a really regular occurrence. We were we had coolers, like biodegradable coolers, with where we were buying bags of ice and dry ice every day just to keep like our lettuce cold, right. so it didn't go bad. Exactly. Overnight. We were using a five gallon water jug to instead of our sink. Yeah, or like over we, our sink because we couldn't use our water pump when the power was dead. So it became hands, hands down the biggest headache we've had since having the van, but. What's what's challenging and, and like the overall point I'm trying to make of the hardest part of the van is when that's not working and then all of a sudden we get caught in a thunderstorm and then all of a sudden there's a, a 
hack on a pipeline company and we can't get gas <laughs> and we can't go anywhere and it's like one thing is built up after another after another like every time we take it in stride we take it in stride we take it in stride and then I'm just waiting for one of us to snap like I'm sort of in damage control where I'm trying to manage both of our emotions and stay positive <laughs> and like try not to let it escalate too much but there gets a point where we're just like fuck this we're getting a hotel yeah. we're taking some time off we're just gonna like get in the right mindset before we deal with this again because ignoring it is not the go-to solution <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy yeah our our battery wasn't working and we thought it was the battery itself reached out to the manufacturer they sent us like a an adapter that you plug into a regular wall outlet we took the battery out of the van right and like hooked it up to this thing it's got little it's like one end plugs into the wall the other end has two little alligator clips so you take this like 80 pound battery out of the back of the van put it on your kitchen counter plug this thing in right and they're like it'll take about 10 to 12 hours or something like that to fully charge and we just thought it was the battery right and so we were hoping and praying that by plugging it into the wall it just would never take a charge right so we're like there it's the battery send us a new battery right sure enough right we plug it into the wall, and 10 hours later, we got a full charge. Right. Well, the reason that we thought that is because we took it to no less than six different businesses. We went to a boathouse because boats usually use lithium batteries. A side note, a lithium batteries are- Like a marine repair shop. Yeah. Lithium batteries are very rare, but they're used in boats quite often. So we took it there. We had a- <laughs> Um, a consultant, basically van repair person, like come a visit mobile us. Mobile RV repair guy. Spent three hours with us. Concluded that the battery must be dead because everything else he tried was working. We took it to a battery store. We took it to any place you could think of Dealership. that may have may yeah. have insights. And everybody said, "I'm not sure." Lithium batteries are really complex, but it's probably the battery. And we're like, that's crazy. It's only a year old, and it's a really great company. So anyway, it turns out it's not the battery. The battery works just fine because it charges when it's not plugged into the van. Yeah. So. so props to Dakota Lithium, right, for making a good battery. And whoever the customer service guy was that helped us out and sent us that wall adapter and helped us rule out the fact that it's the battery. We still never – it took us forever to figure out. And we still haven't, I think, to this day, figured out exactly what the issue is. Yeah. There used to be a time when we can run everything round the clock and have all the stuff plugged in, laptops, cell phones, Bluetooth speakers going full blast, running the fan all night or the heat all night, and we just didn't have an issue. The fridge was on all the time. And then, you know, basically since for the last four months, we've been – conserving power at every step because yeah. we don't know what's what's going to kill it and we have some like a better idea of what it might be but we also have a much better way of managing it which is not worth getting into um but, but what's so ironic about it is that we dealt with this for so many months then we like i said we've gotten to a place where we can at least keep it on and if we, if it dies we have a way to bring it back and we've gotten much better at managing it we take a break for a month and a half. We come back, and what happens? The water pump stops working. <laughs> it's not no. It's not the water. You're talking about the thing we dealt with today. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the water pump. It's the connection, or the just the little pipe between the receptacle on the outside of the van that you plug your that we screw the hose into, so that we can fill up our water tank, so that we can have showers and you know 
drinking water and be able to clean dishes. There's a little connector that is in between the pipe that goes from the outside to the inside that fills up the tank. And there's something wrong with it. So now we cannot fill up our water tank. We get back from our trip. We open up the van and we look inside thinking that the battery is going to be completely dead. Nope. Sure shit. It's 100%. Full battery. Never been happier. Never been happier. And we had like a full tank of water in there, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least half, something like that. And so we're on the road and we're finally at the point today, right? At the end of the day, like, oh, let's stop and fill up before we, we get back to, you know, shut it, you know, post up for the night. And sure enough, we can't fill the water tank. Yeah. And so we just look at each other and we start cracking up because we're like, of course this would happen. We finally got the battery working. And now another major thing that we use on a regular basis is not functional. And yeah. we have to fix this issue. I do want to touch on the, the pipeline hack because I feel like you glossed over that a little bit. We happen to be in the part of the country. We're trying to – we posted up at my sister's place in North Carolina, like way out in the mountains, Asheville, North Carolina. Happen to be posting up, with, hanging out with her because we needed a place to have the battery charger mailed to and living in a van you don't have a mailing address the guy's talking to us he's like where should i send it we're like uh we live in a van (laughs) so we were close enough to north carolina we said look ship it to this address we go to my sister's place we're hanging out there for a while right we're there for at least a week maybe longer um and we have it shipped there and we're like you know what at the very least we have like part of the reason for getting the van other than it being like plan B, we were going to do a trip around the world and that obviously fell through. Um, But one of the upshots to having the van is like when during fire season, when we were cruising through the West coast last year in like September and our, you know, August and September, like, well, at least if there's natural disasters, we can run away from them, you know, our house is on wheels. Right. Unfortunately, the people who live in these areas that are getting burned down, that's their house that's going down with them. We have wheels on our house. We can just escape. We happen to be in North Carolina. <laughs> we have no power. And if there was something that was going to happen, right, we couldn't get out of town because there was no gas. And that's like the one contingency that we just never thought of. Right. Like we can't get away. <laughs> we can't get gas. And it's because there was a ransomware attack on a pipeline company. And we just happened to be in the one part of the country that was the most affected. Yeah. By it, and there were it was. I remember my my sister's husband was like driving an hour and a half outside of town just to fill up. He had enough gas to get him to the gas station in that gigantic. What is it like a Nissan Armada? The thing's a tank. I'm like, why don't you just hang on to that half a, half a tank of gas that you have and just make grocery store runs until the gas comes back? Now I'm gonna go get a full tank of gas. Like, <laughs> but if you get there and there's no gas, you're stuck out there got balls we well, give him that what really happened is he told his wife to get gas the day it happened and she didn't realize that there was going to be a shortage and she came home with no gas and he's like you didn't get gas <laughs> yesterday <laughs> we have no gas there's a shortage and she's like i didn't know <laughs> so he had to wait what have you waited he waited in line for an hour and a half to get the gas <laughs> oh my gosh it was it was crazy um, we couldn't and, even leave. And we were so lucky to be with them because had we been camping, we actually would have been stranded somewhere. But we had a house. They had some gas. So we were just using – well, he had filled it up again, like, right at the beginning of it when he was still able to. And we were able to at least get groceries. We, grocery we basically run. stocked up like it was the beginning of the pandemic, March 2020 <laughs> All again. All over again. We were like, the world's ending. We live here now. Or toilet paper. <laughs> 
buy all the toilet paper you see. Even the cheap stuff. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, it's like, you really want me to buy a single ply? But but with with staying in Asheville to have that part delivered, that's a great example of just like our plans getting derailed when things don't work the way they should or we have to fix something or, you know, pivot and find somebody who can help us. And again, us not knowing anything about anything. That's a added challenge. Um, but yeah, that's that's my biggest one is just when it's like one thing after another and it builds. But I would say. For the most part, I mean, of course, there's daily challenges. We are so good at taking them in stride. We're super patient. So far, yeah. We just laugh at them, and we figure out ways to adapt, whether it's a cooler or, you know, hanging out at – luckily, we had my sister that was close by or whatever. We just hop in and get a hotel. Yeah. We're flexible. That's the best part about our not making plans is when they don't go. According to plan, we don't freak out. Because we didn't have plans in the first place. <laughs> so what's your next one? Um, I mean, I got a few on here, but mechanical shit was a big one. Um, the first one I wrote down was the heat. Mm-hmm. All right. I can I I cannot function. You and I will never be on the same page when it comes to a thermostat setting in a house. For or example, a hotel room. you're sitting outside in a short sleeve shirt, and I'm wearing your hoodie with the hood on, <laughs> bundled up. And I'm wearing shorts. Yeah. And I've got this little portable fan oh next to me. Oh, my gosh, you have a fan <laughs> on you. I'm sitting here shivering. <laughs> it's like 60 out. Yeah, it's like 68. <laughs> it's nice. This is perfect weather. I could sleep in this weather. <laughs> right? But I'm, I'm thinking back to, I think we were in Oregon. Like, we had, like, this massive heat wave in, like, late summer last year. In August. Was it August or September? It was August. And we get to, it wasn't Portland. It was, um... Where the hell were we? Where um, the kite surfers I are. Um, well, it was the Columbia, Columbia River. River. Yeah. yeah. And it's it Hood must River. Hood River. Hood yeah. River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we were boondocking on the street, like right next to the river. Right? Because there was, it was like metered parking, but there were no, no overnight signs. And we saw like at least a dozen other vans doing the same thing. And I think as long as you just move early enough, which we did. The problem was it was so damn hot that. I couldn't fall asleep. I'm like, I'm in nothing but my underwear, and I'm sweating, drip sweating, laying in bed. It's funny because when you say heat, this is the first night I think of as well. But we've been in several hot nights, but there was something about this night where we just couldn't sleep. We were both like, get away from me. Your body heat is making this worse, and we just couldn't figure it out. Part of it is because we were trying to be stealthy, right? So you got to keep all the windows closed. You got to have all the, you know, privacy screens up so that people can't look inside the van but like we couldn't like leave the windows down we had to be real stealthy about what we were doing because it wasn't exactly technically legal you know the way we were we weren't at a campsite whereas i think that would have helped a little bit but even still if it's more than 75 degrees at night if it's more than 70 at night right we can't sleep on top of each other and our sleeping arrangement and i'm sure we've talked about it before is you know, sleeping diagonal, you know, because we're both six feet tall, right? It's impossible to actually sleep head to toe, like from one end to the van to the other. So we're forever cuddling. Yeah. We're, we've gotten very, very good at cuddling. <laughs> Problem is, is that if it's north of 70 degrees and we're on top of each other, it's just going to be miserable in there. 
but that's the night the, the one that jumps out but we've dealt with hot days mm-hmm. in the van the cool the cold i can deal with like down to some ridiculously low levels that most people can't handle like you can't handle anything below 55 mm-hmm. right i can go down to like the 20s if we're in the van and i can run the heat so i put temperature as mine yeah no i just put heat <laughs> i know you did the heat right <laughs> see i'm a little bit more picky i feel like you, you joke that I'm a princess, but this is where I actually feel like a princess. This is the P, yeah. This is the P underneath the mattress. There's, there's an actual window where I'm comfortable and happy. For and ten if, minutes. If it's too then, hot, but if it's too hot or if it's too cold, I'm just complaining the whole time. So it's but really you're, but hard. it's inconsistent, right? You'll be like, I'm freezing, I'm freezing, and then like we warm the place up, and then you're like, it's too hot, it's too hot. Oh yeah, because our heater is insane i can't believe you could leave that thing on longer than i can five minutes i'm like turn it off it's blasting heat in my face and i can't stand it but um but yeah the temperature is hard so i'm constantly trying to plan chasing the perfect temperature like right now it's july and i'm like let's get up to maine as far north as we can go if canada opens the border let's keep going north because july august these are the oh, two did you hottest see months today that uh they're gonna open up on the 9th august 9th august 9th they're gonna open up so maybe we could squeeze out a little bit of summer in canada so yeah. we're pretty excited about that yeah um those were those were my two biggest ones do you have another one i mean i got I mean, I could go all day, definitely. Yeah, so I. Um, <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody. Um, uh, you, why don't you do one more, and then I'll close with one. Okay. Um, definitely the one that I've mentioned before is the fact that our house is our car. So if something goes wrong, we can't just leave our house. So we're kind of stuck somewhere. Like when, when something breaks, we have to go get it fixed. Sometimes we have to sit outside where it's getting fixed or like walk to a restaurant that we can get to from the repair shop. And we just can't or separate hang out with it. the repair it. shop. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, you know, if it's, get, if it's getting any maintenance, an oil change, whatever it is, we're leaving our entire life with somebody. That's funny because I put parking in big cities down on like the bottom of the list. You remember we were in Denver and we couldn't find um, – a place to park because yeah. all the parking garages are actual buildings, like actual structures, and the entrance to get into them, the clearance on it is only like six and a half, seven feet, mm-hmm. and our van's like eight feet tall, eight and a half feet tall. So we would have destroyed. So we had to find an open air parking lot that has like no security. You you pay a machine, right, and it's just sitting out there, and you don't know what these neighborhoods turn into, you know, in the middle of the night. So that one was in there for me. Yeah, when we're leaving. It's not like parking your car, right? And, right. you know, if someone happens to steal your car or break into your car, I'm not saying it's not an inconvenience, but this is our entire – this is everything we own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is our entire life. It's a big liability we're carrying around with us. Yeah. That was on my list. Okay. So I'm with you. Um, Another fun on that note of not being <laughs> able to park in garages that are six feet, six inches clearance, we, uh, we were just driving in – Long Island. And oh, son of a <laughs> bitch. Talk about stressful. So well, hang on. This is this is important for the two people who listen to us out there that actually live on the road. I'm trying to look for the app right now. Um, okay, while you do that, I'll start telling the story. Okay. So we're in Long Island, and we're Long going. Long Island. I had to say it like that. And we're going to an event, and it's early in the morning, and 
I'm driving per usual and I leave plenty of time to get to this event. I leave at least a 15 minute window because I know driving the van takes longer than usual and I want to be early. I'm trying to do this more in life in general, but we're driving and we pass an exit and you go, hey, do you want to see the house that I grew up in that I've never seen? I mean, you grew up in several, but this is the one you grew up in in high school. And I'm like, I do, but how much time is this going to take? Because I have a 13 minute window now. And you're like, it'll only be four minutes. So we take this detour. It's going to be like 10, but either way. We take this detour and go see the house. Of course, it takes longer than expected. That's fine. But now we're pushing it really close. So we're about to get back on a you it's were not going a highway. to like a bachelorette thing, right? Or like a bridal. Yeah, we were going to wineries and like but we were all meeting at a house and there was a bus that was leaving precisely at a certain time and I just didn't want to be the last person there. So I'm we're about to pull on to what is it, an expressway? Were you the last person there? Not important. Okay. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> Even through all of this. All I'm saying with that is those those type of outings are usually a shit show. <laughs> and if they don't start out as a shit show, they become one very quickly. And you weren't the last person there. And even the, the people who were there early, I think someone was doing like their makeup on the bus. Like yes. they weren't or like getting dressed on the bus. There were tons of people who didn't have their shit together that day. And you were like four minutes late. But the point of the story is that (laughs) there's a personal challenge or goal I'm trying to reach, which is being more timely. So I'm like, Chris, I'm not even dressed. I don't even, speaking of doing their makeup on the go, I'm like, I need to touch up my makeup and get dressed. Can you take over driving? And I had been about to pull onto, what was it, an expressway? No, parkway. A parkway. And I don't don't know what a parkway is. I don't know what, I don't know the difference between all these ways. All I know is they get you somewhere a certain way. So well, the problem is you follow the GPS, right? And you plug it, and this hasn't this hasn't bit us in the ass. And we've been all over the country. It's something unique about New York, where they decided to create expressways mm-hmm. and parkways, and they actually serve two very different purposes. And the big one being that parkways, there are no trucks on them. Like you don't see any big rigs, right? Like those big eighteen wheelers. Right. And it never really occurred to me as to why, because like when I because that's where I got my driver's license when we were living in Long Island and it just doesn't occur to you. It's just you usually take like the parkways, you know, because sometimes they'd be faster. Right. Than the expressways, depending on where you were going. And then all of a sudden I realized that part of the problem, especially because I think we were leaving out of Queens or Brooklyn or something or coming from coming from the city. And driving out to Long Island on the parkways, there's all these low overpasses with a clearance of like nine feet, eight and a half feet. Some of them are like seven feet, six inches. Terrifying. You were about to get on the parkway. I'm like, uh, probably not a good idea. No, like, no. What happened is that I said, I'm not even dressed yet. <laughs> this is a pro of living in the van. I'm like, I'm going to run in the back and start getting changed while you drive us there. So I was like, let's do a Chinese fire drill right now. (laughs) You're going to take over because I need to start getting ready. And had you not taken over, you recognized the sign. You said, we can't go this way. We need to reroute. And had I been driving, I would not have seen that sign. You would have followed the GPS. I've never seen that sign before. I never look for it. I would have 
obviously noticed when approaching a really low overhang that it doesn't <laughs> look like a clear and there's signs on those bridges. Well, yeah. So I've never noticed either. So on the the entrance to it's basically a highway. It says entering Cross Island Parkway. Right underneath it, it says max clearance. Yeah. And it has like eight feet six inches. I'm like. That's gotten you really close. I've <laughs> never, it's just not something I'm trained to look for, see. Like, all I would have seen is the entrance sign and just gotten on. And, I mean, we would have taken off our entire roof had that happened. Or we would have slammed on the brakes and somebody would have rear-ended us. Goodness. But I remember I, I had to do, I ended up doing all this research trying to find out what the lowest clearance was on certain parkways to see if we could actually go on them. And I can't, to this day, I haven't been able to find like a go-to resource on the internet that tells me if I'm going from point A to point B, right, this is the max clearance, mm-hmm. right? Because there's all these overpasses that you that you drive under. Um, but I did find, and this is the, the pro tip for anyone out there that's van life and RVing, whatever, if you happen to be driving through New York or the Northeast or in an area where this is – I. We haven't run into one where this is an issue. This has never happened before. Right. But there's an, there's an app called Copilot GPS. And I think it's designed specifically for people who have, like, who are, like, have trailers and they're trailing a boat or whatever. They've, they, they've got uh, wide or high clearance. And you can put in all the details about the, the rig that you're driving and then put in where you want to go and it'll tell you what route to take. Mm-hmm. So that's... I used our 14-day trial, and I got us out of there without destroying the top half of our van. And apparently, there's, like, a massive fine, too. If, like, you stop, let's say you see it, and you're like, oh, it's eight feet. I know my van's nine feet, and you stop. There's nowhere to go. Like, you can't turn around. Right. Right? So, I don't even know what happens. I just couldn't be more grateful that I wasn't ready, and I made you switch with me, which we've never done mid-drive before, too. That's the other. Like, this is the first time we've ever switched mid-drive. So... Very lucky circumstances. Uh, there was that Lesson day we learned. were driving to my dad's place in Florida. <laughs> Story for another day. Not mid-drive though, like Chinese fire drill. We're at yeah, a red light. We're, at a we're red swapping. Light. We swap, yeah. yeah, I was I was tired the other day, but anyway, um, um, those are those are the big ones I have. I mean, we could get into the petty little things, which again, I think a lot of it's pretty obvious, like we don't have a lot of space we have to constantly clean all the time my my actual job is playing tetris because i'm trying to figure out how to reorganize all the stuff that we acquire um that was the last one on my list is working it's working of course yeah working on the road and doing everything that you need to do especially moving as fast as we do can really split your brain in half like you're trying to constantly juggle two things at once and there are i think we've i've done a pretty decent job of rolling with those punches and i think that you've been really good about prioritizing you know chris needs to be in a place where you know there's there's kids screaming in the background or you know we can get good cell signal or we have fast wi-fi and you've been super awesome about that but there's still handful of days where i'm like i just can't do both of these at the same time Mm -hmm. and if i can quit tomorrow and redo another year on the road i would that's like a mini fantasy of mine of course to actually just be a vagabond without actually being a nomad (laughs) you're a trooper i don't know how you do it i mean 
people are like, what do you do when he's working? I'm like, honestly, sometimes I sleep. Like, I don't know how he's working. And we just drove five hours. I'm so tired. Like, you're such a trooper. Um, you do roll with the punches. You you can start and stop and start and stop and just pick it up. You know, somebody calls you, you're in the middle of fixing the electric situation. <laughs> you just jump into work mode. You're, you're really, really impressive. And you've done such a good job of it. One day. One day. <laughs> well, I, I know why. So like all the retired people that we meet on the road, which you meet a lot when you're when you're doing it this way. And considering we stay at a lot of, you know, we're not doing as near as much boondocking as probably most of the people who have YouTube channels do. Um, we're constantly at campgrounds or established spots or, you know, RV resorts, as, as they're called in certain parts of the country. You meet a lot of retirees or people. And it's it's so cool to see just especially the ones that are like newly retired yeah those that, are the that best. have just started they're the happiest people you're ever going to meet in your life I'm, yeah their biggest smiles they want to tell you their entire life story I mean really they start off with the day that they quit is usually where they they're like I retired and I said you know f you to my boss it felt amazing and I never need that reference I never need to go back there living my best life now yeah Mini shout out to Bob and Michelle from Home State, Florida. <laughs> we hung out with, we had such a great time with them. By the way, yeah. they still have jobs. Both of them? I think so. Shit. <laughs> I don't know who I'm thinking. Well, they're really cool fucking people. They're actually, it's I funny. can't wait till they retire. <laughs> if they're that happy while they're on the road still working. It's funny that you, you mentioned them, though, because the people you're thinking of, we met the day we met Bob and Michelle at Homestead at the same campground. So I know well, exactly. Here. I don't know their names, but same thing. Fair enough. Well, Bob and Michelle get the credit. Exactly. Because they're the happy ones. Exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I, I said this at the beginning. I think it's worth re-highlighting. We obviously love this lifestyle. Yeah, and we're not shutting it down anytime. If anything, right, if we do drive the van off of a cliff, we're going to use the insurance money to buy another van. I think if there weren't these challenges, we would get bored. We'd be like, this is too easy. We wouldn't have mouse in the house stories. Right. Yeah. What would we talk about? Uh, all the cool shit that we did. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a... I, I feel like we did one short episode where we were sitting next to a fire talking about like what we like most about it i mean I, we could I, rapid fire off the best parts I, I would just list off all the things i've seen all that amazing mountains yeah. i've climbed you know i could go on and on about the things we love about it it's truly like the best year of our lives cooking outdoors over an open flame even though tonight it took four hours i i don't even think the food's ready yet is it don't don't get sassy. <laughs> but good time to plug the other Instagram handle that we've quietly been posting oh, yeah. to. So the Keeping Wanderlust Cookbook. Yeah. So it's just whenever you uh, – have you put up s other stuff that I haven't cooked? Or is it just the stuff? I feel like you've started to mix it up a little bit. Um, no, I think it's mostly stuff that you've cooked. I, it should be all stuff that you've cooked. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, what's funny is that we joke about having 12 listeners on the podcast. We actually, I think, have 12 followers on Keeping Wanderlust Cookbook. And those are our best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Your sister, my family, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> those only people who follow that. My old boss. Which is totally fair, but if you're interested to see what we cook on the road, it's Chris just, is impressive. Just food porn. Just <laughs> an entire feed of food porn. Yeah. And no recipes. Maybe just, I, I think all the blurbs are written by you. And so you Well, all the blurbs and the pictures and all the posts. 
you you cook the food, you do all of the work, and then I just put it up and brag thank, about you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> You're like, well, no, I do all the posts, I do all the pictures, I write all the blurbs, I got all twelve of the followers. <laughs> Only one of them knows who you actually are. Has met you in person. Um, what, what is worth mentioning if you do follow up? So for the 12 of you, um, they're usually breakfast photos because we end up eating dinner when it's dark out and that just does not make for good lighting and good photos, but you cook amazing dinner. So if we start eating earlier, we'll get some of those photos up too. Never going to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, with that signing off, we're going to go eat. It's only 1130 now. 1130. <laughs> and hopefully the food's done. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye, guys. <laughs>